Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to our latest Blu-ray Spectacular. We're sorry yes. we're a little late. The, he- the hectic nature of the holiday season is in the rearview mirror, and we're ready to devote ourselves to reviewing these titles for December 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they always pull out the stops at Christmas time, you know, because they're trying to get the Christmas dollars. And there's always some high-profile releases they uh, dump out there in December. I don't know if "dump" is the correct word because some of these things are pretty. Some of these are pretty high-profile titles. Well, we're so, here to uh, we're here to help them pony up those Christmas dollars in January. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need them because January is pretty barren so far. The first two weeks uh, of releases have not been uh, particularly great. We'll just say oh. that, but. But there's a lot of December stuff to catch up on, which I am still trying to catch up on, and we'll get to it. So we'll start with the 4K release of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit, the motion picture trilogy. Uh, these are the these the talk have been going on some time ever since the beginning of the COVID uh, pandemic about these titles that they were coming down the pike. There was rumors, but they didn't know if they were going to get them done in time for. Christmas release, which is what they had hoped for, but somehow they managed to pull it together, and I'm I'm hearing, if you're a fan of these films, that you're going to be really, really impressed. I did not get a review copy of them, I, I must admit, so I didn't get a chance to see it, but uh, some trusted colleagues have told me who have seen them said that they're really spectacular. Uh, you can even see detail that you couldn't see in the Blu-ray and that they've just really outdone themselves, and mm. there's Boatloads of extras here. I think there are a few new extras as well, but Warner Brothers proper has issued the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit motion picture trilogy, both of these in separate box sets that you can get. Hmm. And, uh, and, and is the frame rate uh, on the Hobbit stuff, is that evident when you watch it at home? I don't think so. The way I understand it is they use just the standard frame rate for the transfer to home video. I don't think they... They tried to up the frame rate. Um, I, I think you and I have talked privately about this off the air. Uh, the thing about the frame rate is that they didn't quite have all the glitches worked out on mm. it, uh, and it ca- and it came across as looking having a video type quality. A lot of people complained about that, and there was a reason for that. I can't. There's. I'm sure there's an article you can find it on Google uh, if you Google it. Uh, yeah. It's out there about what, but they finally got to the bottom of it and, and solved that mystery. And what I'm told now is that uh, the higher frame rate does work now, as opposed to when they um, put it out there with when they released the Hobbit. It just wasn't quite ready yet. They thought it was, but, uh, but they hadn't quite nailed it, so yeah. to speak. So, well, but, it's like I think if you're a, a kind of determined to be a pioneer in something. For instance, like Robert Zemeckis with that motion capture stuff. I mean, the the early efforts of that will look really bad, and that yes. that technology has gotten better it over has. the years. You know, it's definitely improved. But um, anyway, so so they have the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trilogies out there. I'm going to move to another title. This one's celebrating its 40th anniversary, or it was last month anyway, and that would be Popeye. Mm. With Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall, of course, and Paul Dooley, and uh, music by Harry Nielsen, and of course, directed by Robert Altman, produced by Robert Evans, and screenplay by Jules Pfeiffer. And this has been out on DVD, but with no extras, 
But um, this one comes with some extra features on it. Uh, there are a couple of uh, featurettes. There's Return to Sweet Haven. He looked back with Robin and the Altons. I assume this was filmed, uh, put together some years back before Robin's untimely passing. And the Popeye Company players, Popeye's premiere. There's premiere footage here. And the Sailor Man medleys. So you actually get some, some new extras with this 40th anniversary edition of Popeye. Um, I would say it's not the strongest film in the catalog of Robert Altman, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, and it led to his. It might be the it might be the most curious. <laughs> it is. It is the most curious for sure. I would say, and uh, you know, this was the film that kind of led to him being banned from Hollywood for uh, for most of the decade of the eighties. Uh, he was box office poison until the early 90s when he came back with the player, obviously, that was yeah. all about that. So I mean, I haven't to... seen Popeye since I was a kid, but there's no earthly reason why Robert Altman should make Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Well, I talked to Paul Dooley a little bit about this, obviously. I know I've mentioned that to you uh, privately, and uh, we talked a little bit about it, and uh, he said, you know, there was a lot of ad-libbing. <laughs> this mm-hmm. was they were uh, not sticking to the script, and Jules Pfeiffer was there, and he basically said, what am I doing here? Nobody's using my script. Why did I take the time to write a script? And he left in a in a fury, basically, according to what Paul Dooley told me. So it's um, – Now, Paul, said, Paul, Paul, Paul Dooley was in other Altman movies, right? Was he in that wedding movie, or what What else was he, he in? He is. Yeah. Yes, there's another one. The other one he made in 79, and it, the name is escaping me, where he's uh, – He's set up on a computer dating service, and he meets this woman. I can't – what is the name of that film? Help. But anyway, there's – no, it's not Hell. There's another one. He made three in 79, I think. He was huh. on fire that year, and uh, it's uh, – it was – it's um, – I remember it was pretty well-reviewed but not seen by too many people. But anyway, the plot of it is that Paul Dooley is uh, – he's he gets matched up on a computer date with this woman. They have a little quirky romance, and I can't think of the name of it, but – Anyway, uh, it was one of Altman's uh, many films that he cranked out in the late 70s. But wow. it, Anyway, we'll move along to some other Paramount titles here. Uh, they were really pumping out the titles in December. They had Beverly Hills Cop has been issued on 4K, and I don't think there are really any new extras here. It's just basically carrying over all of the previous extras from the previous release, but it has been given the 4K upgrade with high dynamic resolution. Mm. And, um or high dynamic range, I'm sorry. HDR, uh, man. HDR. All the, that's what all the kids yeah. are calling it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and Coming to America has been issued in 4K as well. And also the same deal with that. There's really no new extras, just basically carrying over from the previous Blu-ray issue, but with a new picture upgrade. Yeah. So, um, And there are a couple other titles. They also issued The Golden Child Ugh. and Trading Places as part of their Paramount Presents collection, uh, which they've been uh, – they started those back in April. It's a series of uh, Paramount titles that are being given the special treatment with new extras, and there are some new extras on The Golden Child and Trading Places, but those are only Blu-ray. They're not 4K, just Blu-ray only. So, so Paramount had him under contract, obviously, or, or it's you know give us a first look or something like that for him to do, do so many with him. I think the first movie that he made outside of Paramount was in was the Distinguished Gentleman, which he made for Disney. Yeah, that went well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Boomerang was the last 
Paramount film he did for a while. I, I think Raw was, was the, Paramount too, right? Yep, that was Paramount. That was during those years. Yeah, and then he came back and did Vampire in Brooklyn for Paramount. So mm. uh, he's he came back eventually, and and of course did the Beverly Hills Cop three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, and several others, but anyway, um, but yeah, these uh, the the Beverly Hills, I mean the uh, Eddie Murphy '80s titles have been all, or the 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 majority of them, 48 Hours is missing from that batch. But I guess this is in, in anticipation of the Coming to America sequel that's coming down sure. the pipe. 48 Hours, another Paramount, right? Yep, that's another one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, what was the one he did with Dudley Moore? Uh, Best Defense. <laughs> Best defense. Oh. That was not in the in the batch of titles. There. You know what that that strikes me as? That strikes me as one of those. Uh, hey, let's have Richard Pryor in a Superman movie, and then yes. think to yourself, okay, now how do we make that work? <laughs> that that's a secondary <laughs> yes. thought. Oh God, we didn't think this through. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so we'll move along to Blade. The original 1998 Blade has been issued in 4K by. Again, Warner Brothers proper. They have uh, issued that with, I think, uh, most of the extras are the carryovers from the previous edition. But again, new transfer. And then we have uh, David Cronenberg's Crash from 1996 mm. being issued as a Criterion release. What a curious movie. And I uh, I will admit that movie is alluring to me, even though I can't exactly say that I like it like the two times that I've seen it. <laughs> But it's one of those that you know I would easily revisit it if if it were on my TV. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, did you ever read the novel by any chance? Because I hear it's uh, no. it's quite something to behold. It was always <laughs> odd to me that Ballard would write something like Empire of the Sun, and then he wrote Crash, and you know you can't get more different from a, a Spielberg and a Cronenberg uh, other than the last syllable of their names. So, oh yeah, right. And and you know his material fit them both. Yes, yeah. that is true. Yeah, it's um, it is it is a curio in his career, that's for sure. But um, but anyway, the uh, the uh, it has been it was released as a Criterion Laserdisc years ago. You may remember that. Oh. Uh, and he did a commentary for the Criterion 1997 Laserdisc. Uh, well, that commentary's been restored here on this Criterion Blu-ray, and uh, we also have press kit footage, the Cannes press conference, which is mm. 38 minutes, believe it or not, with most of the cast and the producers and even the author of the novel, J.G. Ballard. Uh, we also have Ballard and Cronenberg, which is presented here, uh, footage from a filmed lecture with David Cronenberg and J.G. Ballard that was held at the BFI in 1996. It's a one hour and 42 minutes worth of lecture goodness so, uh, and a leaflet yeah so anyway if you are a Cronenberg completist or a, even a fan of Crash the novel or the film I would say uh, this is one that you might want to consider picking up and uh, and the box uh, has a big scar that you can penetrate I mean it's it's amazing <laughs> it's an amazing interactive package that that Crash Criterion <laughs> oh wow well, anyway, so we'll move along to a couple of uh, the Arrow video titles that were released during the month of December. We have Cinema Paradiso is being issued again. It's been issued previously, but here we have the 4K release of Cinema Paradiso. 
Now, the only the theatrical cut of Cinema Paradiso, which of course won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Film in, I believe, 1989, the um, only the theatrical cut, which was severed, <laughs> heavily trimmed by uh, Harvey Weinstein, I guess you would say, uh, 50 minutes were taken out of it. And some people like the longer cut, some people like the theatrical cut. But anyway, the theatrical cut is the only one that's presented in 4K, although you do get a bonus Blu-ray with the direct, the original unedited version mm. of film. Uh, there's, some, there's a 30-minute documentary on the making of the film and a featurette and then a, a documentary about the director of the film. Uh, Giuseppe Tornatoro. So anyway, um, if you're a fan of Cinema Paradiso, which I am, I think it's a beautiful film. It's a film that I return to every several several years, and um, I return to it when I receive the review copy. And I will say that it made me tear up in quite a few places, uh, more so this time because of the obvious uh, impending death of cinemas as we knew them, it looks like, unfortunately. I'm hoping that's not the case, but it looks like that could be the case, and uh, this movie had more emotional resonance to me than ever before mm-hmm. uh, watching it this go-round. And um, anyway, it was just a very moving experience, even though I've seen it many times. And uh, the transfer is just beautiful. It's gorgeous to behold, and they've, they've really done a good job. So I would go out of my way and say if you haven't picked up the high-definition the previous high-definition copy of Cinema Paradiso, uh, I would say to um, to pick this one up because it's it's well worth your time from Arrow Video. And speaking of Arrow, we also have Tremors has been issued in 4K. Um, I was a little surprised that they chose Tremors for 4K release, but um, that never I dies. It I mean, never tr- does. Tremors is always around. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I had not seen it uh, since it came out in the theater, and I did watch this new transfer, this new 4K, and I will tell you that um, it's pretty pretty awesome, <laughs> this mm. transfer. Uh, the amount of detail and uh, picture information is uh, just pretty incredible. I've never seen it look this good. Uh, if you're a fan of Tremors, you're going to really, really, really like this. Um it has uh, several audio commentaries as extras. It has uh, a brand new documentary by Universal that inter- where they interview the key ca- uh, cast and crew from the franchise, and um, then they go back and be- revisit the original locations. There's uh, newly filmed interviews with the, the behind-the-scenes talent and the director of photography as well, and um, there's a-, a thing about the visual effects. And I think about the music, and there's even the uh, an archive documentary from 1995 by uh, Laurent Boutsereau. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, it even has a thing on here about the uh, differences between the, uh, the, the the theatrical version and the television version, where a lot of the, the bad words were censored. <laughs> so, mm. anyway, and what, what really makes this set sing for me is that there's a bonus disc – now, do you remember in the early days of HBO when they would show these short films in between the features? Yes, uh, that, yeah. And, these, and there was one called Recorded Live where this guy goes in for a job interview at a radio station and the tape basically eats the guy alive. And Yes. Uh, yes. That was one that they used to run all the time, and anybody who – came of a certain age and had HBO in the early 80s will remember this very fondly as I do. The sound effects on that are done by uh, Ben Burt uh, of Star uh-huh, Wars fame, uh-huh. interestingly enough. 
but anyway, recorded live is actually was actually uh, a short film from the writer, the co-writer of Tremors, and it is included in this box set. You can get the original eight-minute short film recorded live along with two others. Uh, making, let's see, it's uh, I'm sorry, um, yeah, there's three early. It doesn't list the other two, but anyway, there's three of them all together, and re- recorded live is probably the most famous of those three. Uh, so anyway, just wanted to mention that because uh, that was a short film that made quite an impression on me in the early '80s watching HBO. In those days. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so, I never considered it until you just mentioned it. Yeah, it's it's a really clever, uh, cle- clever film, a short film. They they get a lot in there in eight minutes time. <laughs> a lot of nice, uh, interesting visual effects. So anyway, um, so speaking of Paramount again, we'll say Top Gun has been issued in a steel box edition in 4K. It's been issued already in 4K earlier last year. But they've chosen to do it uh, up with the Steelbook edition. Uh, HBO Home Video has also released Chernobyl in 4K, mm-hmm. the, uh, the miniseries that they did uh, a while back, which is pretty fantastic for anybody who hasn't seen it. I know that's technically television, but I wanted to mention it because it's well worth your time. Pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, there's an 80th anniversary Bugs Bunny collection uh, that spans the years 1930 to 1969. Uh, multi-disc set. I I can't even remember how many discs are in this set, but it is a real um, a large collection celebrating Bugs Bunny's 80th birthday, and it's tons of cartoons, classics, uh, some of which have never been issued on Blu-ray or DVD before. Mm. So Brothers has issued this um, for anybody who is a Bugs Bunny fan. And we also have Leon the Professional, being issued in 4K, as well as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, both of those from Sony. They have issued those. And then we get into some of the Kino titles. We have DC Cab from 1983. <laughs> um, the only film where you'll find Mr. T and Bill Maher paired together. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> there was a time. Joel Schumacher. <laughs> and right? Joel Schumacher, yeah. yes. Directing, yes, indeed. Uh, a new commentary is included. Uh, I'm told the master looks like it's uh, an older master of the film, so it hasn't been given a big, big restoration because I'm sure there's not a huge demand for it, so they probably didn't have the budget to do it, but I heard it looks good enough. I didn't get a review copy, so I can't say for sure. But Damn. Anyway. They, sh- they should have spared no expense on that one. I know, I'm right? Disappointed. <laughs> Well, what about Mission Impossible, the complete original television series from 1966 to 1973? Again, normally don't talk television, uh, but I will mention this because um, it's a pretty spectacular box set from CBS DVD and Paramount. It's a a co-release from both of them, and it's um, 46 hours worth of entertainment (laughs) and seven seasons Mm. Uh, uh, Mission Impossible. No extras, but it's a Blu-ray set, and it is uh, the picture transfers are spectacular. You want to, you will not believe the amaze, uh, the amount of detail that you'll see in this box set. Interesting presentation of the, uh, the Mission Impossible television series. I'm sure it's more detailed than they ever had imagined you'd be able to see when they filmed these things back in the 60s and early 70s. Yeah, they love to tell that story about how De Palma wanted to bring back all the old cast from the TV series Mission Impossible for his movie. Mm-hmm. And they refused to do it because they were supposed to be in the first scene where they all get killed off. 
the whole team. Right. They're like, we're not yeah. going to do that. That's a not. But what confuses me about that is, is really you're going to bring back all those near 70-year-old actors to be part of Tom Cruise's team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little, uh, that's a little crazy. Yeah, agreed. I only work with the best. Of course, they can barely walk, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, The Dogs of War, starring Christopher Walken, has been issued by Ronan Flicks, so I will mention that. Is that Chris Walken? Yeah, Christopher Walken, yeah, 1981, I believe it was. 1980, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Ronan Flicks and Scorpion releasing. Um, I think this has some new extras on it. And we also have a couple more Kino releases. We have Burt Lancaster in Apache from 1954, Jack Palance in Attack from 1956, and we have Continental Divide from 1981. John Belushi and Blair Brown, his second-to-last film, mm. was released in his lifetime. Man, and that was a, that was an HBO staple back in the day. Was. Yeah, that's how I think most people like me got introduced to it. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's interesting. It's it's an interesting change of pace, and it kind of gives you an an idea of where John Belushi's career may have been headed had his life not been cut yeah. short. Yeah, maybe. So Blair Brown was a big thing back then too, because uh, I mean, I remember yes. I remember that obviously. I remember her playing Jackie Kennedy in that miniseries with Martin Sheen, which was good. She was good as Jackie Kennedy, and uh, the last time I remember seeing her in anything really. High profile was the movie Stealing Home in 90, 91 or whatever that was. Yeah, it was early 90s, yeah. And then uh, then she had a big TV hit with that Days and Nights of Molly Brown show. She did, yes. Yes, you were exactly right, yeah. Okay, so I passed the test. Thank you. You did. <laughs> you certainly did, absolutely. Well, uh, so anyway, we have a couple more Kino releases here. We have Panic from 1982. That's another one of theirs. And then we have some 4K titles that Sony has issued, a bunch of them here uh, all in a row. We have uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Baby Driver, uh, The Fifth Element, Pineapple Express, um, Spider-Man Far From Home, Zombie Land, Double Tap, Bloodshot, Venom, Bad Boys for Life, Underworld. All of those are new 4K and Hellboy and the Pineapple Express. All universal things? Yeah, those are all Sony titles, okay. actually. Right. So um, quite a few, quite a few Sony titles there that have been issued in 4K, but um, they've made the upgrade. And so uh, moving right along, we're now to December 8th, and uh, we'll mention that Total Recall was issued in 4K, uh, the original 1990 version, which is the best version. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, of course, Schwarzenegger, big hit in the summer. I guess that was the film that kind of made the uh, made Sharon Stone uh, uh, mm. made her career or pushed it uh, in a different direction. I think she was just playing some, some bit parts up until that point. And, yeah, Alan uh, Quartermain, The Lost City of Gold, didn't quite do that for her. For no, sure. did not. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. But, but uh, I mean, it was obviously goes without saying it was basic instinct that literally broke her wide open. <laughs> yes, that's true. So to speak. This is true. So we have um, The Godfather, Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone was issued December 8th on Blu-ray, and uh, there are no new extras on this, 
Just you get just get the Blu-ray and a digital copy. That's all you get. No uh, no behind the scenes features on how they put this thing together. I know we've talked a little bit about it. I was not really all that impressed, must admit. Uh, the quality, picture quality looks good, but I don't think the uh, the editorial decisions that Mr. Coppola has made have really yeah. improved the film, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, we've talked privately about this, but uh, but uh, every change he made, basically, uh, if it if it didn't make any difference at all, it it either didn't make much of a difference at all, or it made it a lot worse. Yes. Uh, and the movie's not bad. I mean, I think it's a very good movie, but uh, and it's beautiful to look at the, those regal golds and deep reds, and you know, it's gorgeously produced. But um, his 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 edits are just awkward and unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just doesn't quite work. Doesn't quite work. And um, anyway. You know, but uh, if you are a Godfather completist, uh, and it is worth seeing just as a curio, if nothing else, I, yeah. I, I think. But um, anyway, so Collateral has been issued in 4K. Um, of course, Michael Mann's 2004 film with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx, of course. Uh, I'm a fan of Collateral, I must oh, yeah. admit, and I was excited to get the 4K, and it looks good. Uh, it is interesting, though. I think with the 4K, some of the stuff he shot on digital video, which was in its infancy at that time, does have a little bit of a video look to it on the 4K. Uh, you can, it's more evident to me than it was on the DVD or the Blu-ray, uh-huh. uh, but not distracting. I mean, but you can just, it's, it's more uh, evident to the eye. I think. Yeah, he was, 4K. he was, he was really pushing the boundaries of what that technology was capable of at mm-hmm. the time, if, especially when you consider that. That movie's pretty much entirely in the dead of night. Yes. You know. That is true. But, uh, yeah, I, I really think it's um, a very well done film and still holds up. And, uh, you know, it's it's an action film that uh, works, I think, primarily because of the, uh, the characters are so well drawn and well written. And you're emotionally invested in them and uh, you care about them as people. And, you know, that's kind of what makes it work for me anyway. And makes it worth returning to. Um, but anyway, so we were talking about Brandon Cronenberg, the son of David Cronenberg, has uh, directed a film that's been getting some pretty good buzz, Possessor, and that's come out uh, in 4K and on Blu-ray. There's an, a regular version and an uncut version. So uh, two, two different issues of that, but it has been released. Versus is uh, one of the key films of extreme Asian cinema. And this is uh, uh, has a, a huge fan base from 2000, and Arrow has issued this in a, a new deluxe edition with tons of extras and a new transfer. Like I said, uh, Asia, uh, Versus is um, like I said, it's it has a uh, a pretty well, a uh, pretty large fan base, I think. And so this Versus is like VS period or Versus V E R S U S from 2000. Okay. But it's uh, it's billed as a relentless, one-of-a-kind sensory assault chock full of hyperkinetic kinetic fight scenes, gangster shootouts, sword-slashing violence, and gory zombie horror. Wow. So uh, there you go. So everything's thrown in that stew. Yes. Another Arrow title would be Survivor Ballads, three films by Shohai Imamura. I hope I didn't butcher that title. I, you know, I'm pretty bad about doing that sort of thing. But anyway... Uh, 
Shohei Inomura was a leading figure of the Japanese New Wave in the 1960s, and he uh, cemented his international reputation as one of the most important directors of his generation with a series of films that competed at Cannes and got lots of uh, praise, actually. A lot of people were um, – uh, I think he won the Palme d'Or at one of the uh, one of those films did. But anyway, this is a collection of three of those films from the 80s that he uh, directed with uh, tons of new extras and new transfers and all that stuff. Mm. So um, the Survivor Ballads, uh, three films, Shohai Imamura from Arrow Video. And we have uh, the Buster Keaton collection from Kohen Media Group, which uh, this is volume four of an ongoing series, which includes Go West and College. We have that. Uh, Mouchette from 1967 is the new Criterion release. Uh, that's um, – oh, I'm trying to th- – I just lost my connection here, but it will come back here in just a second. That is, uh, that is directed by Robert Brisson, of course, and it's about a young girl that lives in the country and her mother dying and her father doesn't want to take care of her and uh, – her uh, struggles just trying to live and survive, basically. But it's well-regarded. Uh, Mouchette has uh, been issued with a new transfer and some new extras from Criterion. So for anybody who's uh, a Brisson fan, mm. and there are many of them out there, I um, just wanted to mention that that's out there. Uh, Rio Grande has been a Rio Grande. I think I mentioned this on the last show. Uh, Olive Films has issued this as a special edition. I had not gotten a review copy at the time we did the last show, but I have gotten it since then, the John Ford film from 1940, uh, 1950, actually. And it was the third and final installment in John Ford's loosely conceived cavalry trilogy, which was preceded by Ford Apache, and she wore a yellow ribbon. And this has a new digital restoration, a audio commentary, um, Quite a few featurettes, one with Patrick Wayne on his father called Strength and Courage. And it has uh, a featurette on the Sons of the Pioneers who do a lot of songs in the film. And a making of documentary with Leonard Malton, a visual essay by Tag Gallagher and a booklet essay and a theatrical trailer. So uh, they really – Arrow Films does a really good job on their uh, their signature line of titles. They just don't issue that many, unfortunately. I think they've only issued like three or four in the last calendar year. But when they do one, they go all out, and Rio Grande is uh, another one to add to that list of great work that they've been doing. So I want to make sure people people know about that. And um, so anyway, let's see. Moving right along, The Greek Tycoon from 1978 has been issued by Kino. That was the uh, fictionalized take on the romance between uh, Jacqueline Kennedy and uh, uh, Aristotle Onassis. Hmm. And uh, I don't know if you remember this one or not. I remember it turning up on network television when I was a kid. Anthony Quinn stars as the, uh, and, and, and like I said, they give them different names, but it's pretty obvious oh, yeah, who they okay. are, right? Yeah. I think it's Liz Cassidy as the Jacqueline uh, Onassis character. She's played by Jacqueline Bissett, actually. Oh. And uh, I'm trying to th- Find the uh, Anthony Quinn is Theo Tomasis, but anyway, it's a it's a fictionalized version of their romance, but it's pretty obvious, uh, you know. But this version, uh, this uh, Blu-ray that's been issued by Kino has uh, it's a um, an extended cut of the film, 
or it has two cuts of the film, an extended cut and then the original uh, theatrical cut. So Good Neighbor Sam from 1964 is another Kino issue, as is PHFFFT uh, Pfft. Right. <laughs> I never could say that quite right. Jack Lemon and Judy Holliday. Uh, yeah, those are some, some Kino issues. As is Cry of a Prostitute uh, and Under the Yum Yum Tree. I think that might be a Mill Creek release. So um, anyway, I think I think all of these actually are Mill Creek releases. Good Neighbor Sam, let's see. No, that's a Sony. I'm sorry. Sony has issued Good Neighbor Sam and Under the Yum Yum Tree and the uh, Pift, as I just mentioned. <laughs> um, so anyway, we'll uh, we'll move along here. We also have. Uh, Actually, we're moving along to December 15th. We just talked about uh, Tenet, which has actually been issued in Blu-ray and 4K. We mentioned that earlier off the air, but um, it has its problems. Yeah, but we save our best stuff for off the air. Yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah, seems like it. <laughs> no, it's not a it's not a terrible film by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it's uh, definitely not the strongest film you're going to find in the uh, the resume of Christopher Nolan. Uh, a lot of people have been really um, giving it some, uh, some some bad word of mouth, but I don't think that it's, in my opinion, any worse than uh, his last couple of films. And I know that's probably heresy to say that, but um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, but like I'll it. I didn't like it, it but yeah. I, mean, I didn't I didn't hate it. A, a B minus, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's nothing I'll be returning to. Let's just say that. But anyway, Tenet is out there. It was the film that was going to save the movie industry, but but actually did not. So uh, <laughs> I can't imagine that it would have even without COVID. I can't imagine that people would come back to it. And, no. and that's really what's what's needed for a movie to be like a, mm-hmm. a, a billion-dollar kind of behemoth. But. Yes, that is very true. So Warner Archive really amped up their titles in the month of December, and we'll get to those. Um, one of their uh, first releases of the month was a two-disc special edition of The Curse of Frankenstein with Peter Cushing, of course, and Christopher Lee. And this is a two-disc special edition. Now, they usually uh, – Warner Archive usually in the pa- – well, in the past, they've not been doing a lot of uh, extra features – but they really stepped up their game with this one. It uh, has the film in three different aspect ratios, 1.85, 1.66, and the 1.37 open matte version. It's a meticulous restoration of this film. And this is the film that kicked off the um, the Hammer Studios. It was their first release, I believe. This has uh, some new featurettes, The Resurrection Men, Hammer, Frankenstein, and the Rebirth of the Horror Film. Uh, another featurette, Hideous Progeny, uh, Torrents of Light, and... Diabolus in Musica, which is about the sound of the uh, Hammer films. It's, um, like I said, it's quite a, a good package if you're a fan of The Curse of Frankenstein, which a lot of people are, and it's a title that's been, that a lot of people have been looking forward to seeing on Blu ray, and they finally answered the call. And then uh, they also issued during the month Young Man with a Horn with Kirk Douglas and Lauren Bacall and Doris Day, directed by. Michael Curtis, mm. the uh, ever prolific Michael Curtis, which is a, uh, and this is a film about a, um, uh, you know, where you get to see Kirk Douglas playing a, uh, a trumpeteer who goes from uh, honky tonks to posh supper clubs. 
but uh, he's looking for that perfect note in his uh, search for the perfect note. It's about his uh, <laughs> his his searching for that uh, and his uh, romances on the side. And anyway, uh, you have actually in the cast you have Hoagie Carmichael as well. And the musical direction is by Ray Heindorf. There's uh, cartoons here: Hillbilly Hair, the Warner Brothers cartoon, and Homeless Hair, Hurdy Gurdy Hair. Hillbilly Hair, incidentally, is one of my favorite. What the hell are you saying? <laughs> yeah, these are, uh, these are cartoons. Okay. They have uh, Warner Brothers cartoons as extras on this uh, because it came out in 1950. I, I was still on Kirk Douglas trying to find the perfect note. I was sorry. It, well, I was the plot of the film. I'm sorry. The plot. I was moving on to the extras. Uh, sorry, I may have jumped ahead. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. It's just there are actually so many notes. We know what all of the notes are. So how? what are you in search of? <laughs> I know. That's, that's how it's built, though. Huh. Uh, he's... Uh, but anyway, uh, Harry James dubbed uh, Kirk Douglas's playing in the film, so that is uh, mm. that is worth mentioning. But um, anyway, uh, there are some extras here in, uh, on this disc as well. Hillbilly Hair, the cartoons Hillbilly Hair, Homeless Hair, and Hurdy Gurdy Hair, which Hillbilly Hair, incidentally, is one of my all-time favorite Warner Brothers cartoons. That's the one where... Um, uh, Bugs Bunny puts on the dress and uh, makes the hillbillies dance around when he plays the fiddle and uh, makes some square dance and all that stuff. I just I find that's hysterical. I think. Okay, anyway, so let me get this straight. Yeah. <laughs> so this this hair trilogy, it's on the same disc as the Kirk Douglas, or are these two separate things? No, it's all on the same disc because uh, they were all issued in 1950. These cartoons would have played. As a uh, you know, because cartoons were shown before the feature in 1950, so these are the oh. cartoons that would have been playing in theaters before, before that Kirk Douglas one. movie. Yes. Okay. So they're kind of trying to give you the uh, replicate the experience of seeing it in a theater. So they're giving you three of the cartoons that were in rotation at that time. All right. I felt like I was on the Twilight Zone for a second. I I, no, I, I no. get it now though. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. I should have said that myself. So no, you probably not, did, and I was just stuck on the whole how many notes exist thing. No. <laughs> but, yeah, Wonder Archive has been doing that here of late. They've been uh, putting some of the cartoons that were shown theatrically with these features uh, and pairing them up as bonuses in case you want to watch them that way. So, uh, anyway. For those um, for those 80-year-olds that know how to work a Blu-ray player. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me reminisce on what, how do you, how do I turn this damn thing on? <laughs> oh, that's too much. So Tex Avery's Screw, Screwball Classics Volume 2, which is another uh, terrific collection of the Tex Avery cartoons. They did the fantastic Volume 1 earlier in the year, and uh, they're continuing the tradition with the, the Volume 2. And this is these are really, really funny cartoons. I, I just uh, – there's, I think, 19 of them here, but, man, are they great. So speaking of cartoons, I wanted to mention that as well. And another, that's another Warner Archive release, as is Mr. Roberts, with Henry Fonda, James Cagney, William Powell, and Jack Lemmon won the Oscar for this, mm. I believe. It's first. Yeah. And this is a terrific film, I will admit. John Ford and Mervyn Leroy co-directed this film. as a scene-specific commentary by Jack Lemmon in a theatrical trailer. It's... Um, it was, uh, what a joy that must have been to co-direct with John Ford. Such such a <laughs> such a, a man of humor. <laughs> Wasn't he though? <laughs> Wasn't he? Yes. But um, anyway, uh, this is one of the early films in Cinemascope, uh, so it's nice. Uh, Warner Color Cinemascope, all that good stuff. It's been meticulously restored by um, 
by the good folks at Warner Archives. So there's another one. It Happened on Fifth Avenue is a Christmas film that has steadily gained a reputation as a on the B list of Christmas favorites for for a lot of people. I had never seen it actually until I got the review copy and. This is a great film. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a it's a nice little Christmas film that I'd never seen. I'd heard about it, and uh, I know Leonard Malton didn't think too much of it. I looked it up. Maybe going to be a slog, and it was a delightful little film. Um, what year? About basically this hobo, nineteen forty. Um, huh. Gosh, nineteen forty-seven, and it's basically about a hobo who takes up residence in a rich man's house while he's uh, vacationing in Florida for the winter. And he discovers it, and he moves in and pretends to – the rich man who actually owns the house moves in and pretends to be a bum so he can get the scoop on these people who are living in his house. And he learns the meaning of you know how to be humble and all that stuff. But it's it's really – it's it has a lot of nice uh, touches of humor in the film. And uh, anyway, it stars it, Don DeFore. It sounds like Hardy. the plot of a horror movie they'd make today. <laughs> exactly. They probably would. Well, they play it for laughs here. And and it's done in a nice way, and it's uh, it's it's I would recommend it. I would definitely recommend it. And there are no extras here. I'm sorry, there are. It's one extra. There's a Lux Radio Theater broadcast from 1947 as well. Hmm. So uh, it happened on Fifth Avenue is another Warner Archive release, as is it, uh, the Shop Around the Corner with Margaret Sullivan and James Stewart, which of course was remade as You've Got Mail. For, yeah. Uh, you know Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. The funny thing about this is that we have and it's the same plot basically that they work in the they work in the same shop, Margaret Sullivan and James Stewart, and yet they're pen pals. They've been writing to each other, working together and have no idea that the people they're writing to privately are that they're that they actually work together by day and don't even know it. So it's uh, and it has a Christmas theme, uh, a backdrop of Christmas in the in the film. So it's considered a Christmas film, but it has uh, some some features here, featurettes, uh, extra features. Uh, there's a featurette here and a couple of radio broadcasts and a theatrical trailer, and it's directed, of course, by uh, Ernst Ernst Lubitsch. But the funny thing is, this film was made in 1940 and probably is less dated than You've Got Mail, which was made in 1998. So. Uh, because of the technology and they're right. using AOL <laughs> email and <laughs> it's uh, that movie has not aged well and it was just made uh, 22 years ago. So anyway, it says something that this film that's uh, 81 years old is uh, <laughs> more more relevant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but it, it's uh, it's I I uh, got to, I got a review copy and I was able to look at it and they've really done a good job. Again, the folks at Warner Archive. Motion picture imaging have done a great job with that as and uh, another one of my favorite Christmas films that I was so glad for them to release is Holiday Affair with Robert Mitchum and Janet Lee, which is a delightful little film. Basically, uh, but this was the film that Robert Mitchum made after his arrest for marijuana possession. So they were trying to get him into a family type film to be accepted by mainstream audiences after the dark days of his marijuana bust in 19. 19- uh, I guess that was 1948 when he was busted for marijuana. Maybe it was 49. But anyway, the film was made in 1949, and it's a sweet little film about Janet Lee, who goes around. She's a secret Santa, what we would call a secret Santa shopper now. Uh, but she's going around doing price comparisons, and she'll buy an item and return it. And anyway, Robert Mitchum is the clerk. She returns it. He figures out what she's up to, and then uh, 
he he allows her to return it, which is against store policy, and he loses his job, and she feels guilty about it, and so they become romantically entangled, and it's uh, just a sweet little film from uh, originally distributed by RKO, and um, again, all of this uh, with a Christmas backdrop. Yeah, I've been... I have uh, a Robert Mitchum movie on my uh, queue on Amazon because I've never seen that uh, movie he did with Marilyn Marilyn Monroe, that River of No Return. Oh, yeah, right, right. uh, And I've seen pretty much all the other Marilyn movies, so uh, I'm going to watch that. And years ago when I was considering doing a show on Marilyn Monroe, I I contacted the uh, Chamber of Commerce or something in the town where it was filmed, and Mm -hmm. I said – is there anyone in that community that was alive during the time that they shot this movie? And they connected me with this guy. I just was never able to schedule an interview with him, but he remembered, you know, seeing Marilyn Monroe come to his town when he was a young boy. And, and Mm -hmm. you know, that what great memories that must've been, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well, we have another criterion release, uh, um, I'm sorry, Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu's first film, Amoros Peros, which was from 2000. And this is uh, three different interconnected stories that uh, about three uh, three different stories were, that all collide during a traffic accident. And it mm-hmm. uh, plays with the time, fractured time narrative like we had in Pulp Fiction. It's uh, Well, he does he did that several times, right? The yes. Interlinking yes. stories kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. This one's a little tough for, for animal lovers to watch because there's a, a one of the stories involves uh, a, 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 a two guys who have a dog fighting ring, and it's pretty pretty brutal for those who are uh, animal lovers. You're going to have a hard time with this one, but it's a it's a pretty uh, potent drama. I had not seen it. I was very aware of it. I know it was the film that put him on the map here in the United States, and it was a critical darling when it came out. Uh, it's a new 4K restoration. Uh, there are new conversations between Inaritu and filmmaker uh, Powell Palikowski. Yeah. And uh, there's some other featurettes here, rehearsal footage, new interviews with the composer, and a new video essay by Paul Julian Smith, and deleted scenes and music videos and essay books. So, Ameros Peros. Yeah, I know that uh, Michael Vick called it the feel-good movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe this is one he returns to on a regular basis. Maybe. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, we have uh, Vigilante in 4K, starring Robert Forster and Fred Williamson from 1982. As uh, Blue Underground has issued that, that's been one of their perennial titles that uh, fans seem to love, and so they've gone the 4K route with it. Wanted to mention that. Another Warner Archive title I failed to mention was The Harvey Girls from 1946, starring Judy Garland. It's a musical that uh, they've been putting out a lot of her musicals here in the past calendar year, and that's another one. And uh, Kino has issued several interesting titles here. Uh, Puzzle of a Downfall Child, directed mm-hmm. by Jerry Schatzberg and starring Faye Dunaway. 50 years old. Yes. Just turned 50. His, uh, for his first movie. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, I have not. I have never seen it. Have you? Uh, it's one that I've always wanted to see. I did. I, I, I watched it for for the when I was putting together the seventy series because I was going to do a uh-huh. segment on it, and I interviewed the male actor from it, and I posted uh-huh. that interview with the male actor. God, yeah, right. Name? Right. It's the guy that worked with De Niro and Scorsese all the time. I forget his name, and I just posted the interview with him. He was great. But, oh um, yeah. It's visionary. I mean, Jerry Schatzberg's an interesting guy because he he started up in photography and. 
He shot the Dylan's Blonde on Blonde album cover, and you know, I think that was the one he did. And uh, so he was a, f- a famous photographer, more or less, and he ventured yeah. into movies. So the movie definitely has a look that's unique. Right, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to see that. Did not get a review copy, so I guess I'll have to, uh, you know, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Um, but, yeah, uh, we have Alone from 2020. Is a new movie that I really, really liked about this woman who's being stalked, and eventually she's kidnapped and has to fight her way uh, to get to escape from her um, kidnapper. And it's a very, very tense. It's a you know the plot is very. Um, I mean we've seen it before, but it's uh, it's just very well done. It's nothing new plot wise, but it's just uh, and it's uh, John Hyams, the son of Peter Hyams. Mm. Uh, has directed this, and I would har- highly recommend this film. You'll be surprised at how much you'll enjoy it. I think it was one of the uh, my favorite films of the year 2020, and I know we had an aborted release list of new titles, but this was one that uh, was is definitely going to stick with me. Uh, Diary of a Mad Housewife from 1970, which uh, resulted in an Oscar nomination for Carrie Snodgrass. Also stars uh, Richard Benjamin and Frank Langella, and directed by Frank Perry. This I can't remember if this was the next film Frank Perry made after The Swimmer, I, but uh, anyway, it's it's a very, very good film, very potent, very hard to find. Mm. Um, it's been one of those films that's been much requested and very hard to, to get a good copy of, and Kino has also issued this one, and I, I would definitely recommend this one. Uh, yeah, I think the LA Times or somebody like that recently did a, a an article on it, uh, mm-hmm. and they had um, Richard Benjamin and... Um, Diane Cannon was she in it as well? I think they, um, they're posing together for, like it, for yes. the 50th anniversary of it, or however long it's been. Right. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really really uh it's a really potent film. It's uh full of dark humor, and it's basically uh about a housewife with an abusive husband who has an affair with a writer. It's a simple story, but well told. And um. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's well done. Uh, co-written by Eleanor Perry, who you know was the uh, at the time the wife of Frank Perry, and they collaborated on a lot of stuff together. So uh, yeah, mm. Ladybug, Ladybug is another Frank Perry title from 1963 that Kino has issued uh, that I'm I've never seen uh, unfortunately. So uh, can't. So really... they're issuing these. Have they ever issued Play It As It Lays? Uh no, that has still not been released. There is a version of that that's pretty good quality on YouTube uh, that you can see, but it has never been officially released on any video format, not VHS, not DVD, not Blu-ray, nothing. Because that's Frank Perry, right? Yes, it is. You are correct. Huh. Good call. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to uh, – there was a documentary – that they did about him, you know, he died of prostate cancer, and they followed him around during the last year of his life. Oh. And they made a documentary film about that. It was very moving. Um, it was released the, to some film festivals in the 90s, and then they ran it on PBS, and I had taped it. And then somehow or another, my VHS tape of it got lost, and it's never been issued commercially. And, boy, I'd like to have a copy of that again because that was very moving. Um, it was a little tough to watch at times. But because he really had a yeah. Uh, well, it's sim- it sounds similar to what they did with the Ray. Um, uh, what's his first name? The the rebel without a cause. Uh, uh, 
Oh yes, uh, um, Vendors made that documentary about him when yes. he's towards the end of his life. Yes, Nicholas Ray. Nicholas, Nicholas Ray. Ray. Yes. Yeah. Oh God, I love that movie, Bigger Than Life, that he did. Oh, um, it's great. Yes. Yeah, but that was painful. That documentary because he was mm-hmm. really bold to be pictured so close to his passing. You know, suffering. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah, it's uh, tough stuff, but uh, yeah, this uh, this Frank Perry documentary, I just remember seeing it when it uh, was played on PBS and just being incredibly moved, and I've, I've so wished that I had a copy of that for many, many years. I, I, uh, I, yeah, that, uh, Alan, anyway. that Alan, so many documentaries like this, like portrait documentaries, that Alan Pakula that we've been talking about forever, that documentary on him. The, so there's a Facebook page for the documentary, and I uh-huh. sent them a message the other day and said, any idea when this, we might be able to see this thing? And they read it, but they didn't respond. And I would think, you know, if you have a movie that maybe 50 people are really interested in seeing, <laughs> yeah, it seems sure. like you'd respond to that, you know? Yeah. The question of when when is it going to be available? Even if it's to say, you know, we're still working out distribution deals and all that kind of stuff, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. And I did watch the Gordon Lightfoot documentary. That's one of them that I watched. Last oh, week. I have that. I still haven't gotten around to it. How, how was that? I liked it because it's all, uh, uh, much of it is about the craft of songwriting. Oh, great. Yeah, so that's it, my kind. it was worthwhile for that purpose. That sounds great. I still want to see the Harry Chapin one. I did not get a review copy of that either, and I still haven't gotten around to picking one up. Yeah. So uh, uh, I hear that's pretty good. But uh, anyway, so we have Bodies Rest in Motion is another Kino release from 1993. Of course, with Phoebe Cates and Bridget Fonda, who is, I guess, officially retired at this point. Mm. So I'm told uh, Eric Stoltz and Tim Roth. And uh, we have Gun Crazy from MVD releasing from 1992 with uh, oh, the remake. Yeah, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore and James LaGrosse. Yes, we do. Uh, well, I think that may have been made for Showtime, but I could be I wrong. Think so. yeah. Not sure. A uh, couple of releases from a new. Uh, uh, boutique label called Cauldron Films, American Rickshaw from 1989 has been issued. And I know our our friend Mike White has has been included on the extras on this with his Projection Booth podcast on the American Rickshaw. They included that as an extra, so I wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, Abracadabra from 2018 is another Cauldron Films release. By the way, I mean to tell you, the other night somebody emailed me mm-hmm. and said that he's writing a book on Watermelon Man. And really? He wanted to know if it was okay to quote in your interview with Herman, and I said, oh, of "Well, course. of course, as long as you source it, f- feel free." <laughs> so you might Anytime. you might be at a book soon. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, that interview has been uh, that interview has gotten me a lot of uh, a lot of attention here lately because uh, Adam Zanzi did that documentary on the making of the other, which he sent me a private copy. He's not done the final edit yet, but he sent me. A private copy to watch here at home. It's really good too. Good. It's about an 85-minute documentary, and uh, he he quoted me the the Herman Raucher interview because he mentions you know he's uh, was mentioned some stuff about Robert Mulligan and he quoted me in the uh, in the documentary. And then he gave me a special thanks at the very end of it. Wow, so uh, look, man, we're gonna make was... you a star yet. <laughs> <laughs> I said, little old me, I couldn't believe between it. Between the between the other and Watermelon Man, you you are. <laughs> You are right there in the pop culture conversation. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. It's hysterical. Yeah, it's uh, and then there's this uh this lady who um 
see Warner Archive had uh I think reposted when they put out Summer forty two, they reposted that interview and so or retweeted it, a link to it or something. And huh. so anyway, this lady who's a big Summer forty two fan, she uh had she sent me a private message and told me how much she she loved uh, that interview and uh, so she reached out to me again just I hadn't heard from her in a couple of years she reached out to me just out of the blue yesterday and said and asked if we were going to do anything special for the uh 50th anniversary of summer 42 cuz she'd like for us to do something when is that could. is that this year it's this year yeah yeah well we'll do that. you'll you'll do that cuz you love that movie well I do I can't find Gary Grimes though that played Herman Rout uh, or played the Hermie I mean in the uh, the movie uh, I'll find I, him. I, I'm disappeared. good at, I, I'm good at that shit I'll find him well, see if you can do it, man, because we're, uh, I'm friends with uh, Oliver Conant, who was one of those kids in the movie. And I am friends with him, but he doesn't seem to, to have a contact. So if we can get Jennifer O'Neill and Gary Grimes, I mean, we, you know, I'm already friends with Oliver Conant, so we can, we, can, uh, we can do something there. Yeah, you know what's amazing to me is how I occasionally have to Google our uh, Movie Geeks United in the, in the book section because mm-hmm. we're, we're never alerted when they – sources in a book so when i do that sometimes like new books pop up like there was a kubrick book that came out recently and and one of (laughs) our interviews is sourced in that uh and then there's a textbook about cinematography and we're sourced in that it's like it's surprising to see i mean because we've got 14 years of interviews with some people that are Mm -hmm. now dead or rarely talk anyway so, but it would yeah. be nice to if you're writing a book and you're going to source somebody, it would be nice to give a shout out to them so they can expect to look out for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. We can help them promote it. I mean, what the hell, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's crazy not to do that. It's true. Well, anyway, well, back on track here. We'll hurry up and finish this up. So we got a uh, Maniac has been issued in a 4K. Oh, good lord again. Edition. Yes, yet again, Blue Underground. They just last year, or rather 2019, they released a Blu-ray of it uh, for, I think it was a three-disc special edition. Now we've got a two-disc special edition in 4K. So um, anyway. Who was watching Maniac and saying, yeah, this is great, but the but the resolution just isn't good enough? <laughs> <laughs> can't see all the hairs on that. I can't see all the hair on that scalp. You know, just, Joe, Joe Spinell is too attractive not to not to get this as clear as possible. This, this picture. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Well, anyway, uh, and there's a documentary about Audrey Hepburn called uh, "More Than an Icon." Audrey, yeah. "More Than an Icon." This has been put out on Blu-ray. Um, I haven't gotten around to it, but for fans of Audrey Hepburn, it's been getting mixed reviews. Some people say it's you know it's not bad of its type, but um, anyway. Just wanted to put that out there for people who wanted, who were interested in knowing. And um, A Night in Casablanca, one of the final films of the Marx Brothers, has been issued by, uh, I think that's Flicker Alley, who is Classic Flicks. They've done a restoration, a meticulous restoration of this. Mm. Uh, you know, it's been kind of, it's not one of the, the brighter spots in the Marx Brothers' uh, <laughs> career. Uh, they were long past. Uh, past their prime i guess at this point unfortunately but you know if you're a marx brothers fan which i am it's uh, it's you know you can't you know you kind of got to have it but <laughs> anyway and then there's the last shift which is a new film uh it's the new one starring richard jenkins as this guy who's worked uh, in this right. whole uh, you know it's getting pretty good reviews or, or mostly good reviews which is basically a two character movie i think about these two guys yeah. that, 
you know, he works in a fast food place and he's retiring there after having worked there for 13 years or 30 years or something. And then the, the young kid that's coming in, that's taken over and they're having some conflict or something. But anyway, it's, they say it's, it's pretty good. So the last shift. And then just a couple more things here. Raining in the Mountain is a new film, a new release from Film Movement. This is a 1979, um, film about uh, a, Buddha, a Buddhist abbot charged with protecting the sacred handwritten scroll of Tripitaka prepares the name of successor but instead finds himself caught in a web of intrigue so uh, basically it's about the hunt for a sacred scroll is essentially what it is but mm. Treasure of the Spirit is a new video essay on the film and there's an audio commentary here by Tony Raines and a 16 page booklet but Raining in the Mountain from 1979 hmm. has been issued from Film Movement and Words on Bathroom Walls is another one this is from um, this was a new release a new release from 2020 and this is a Lionsgate release and it starred Charlie Plummer and Andy Garcia and Anna Sophia Robb and Got pretty good reviews. Uh, huh. you know, the little uh, icon here says it's certified fresh from Rotten Tomatoes, and I heard some pretty good things about it. So, anyway, uh, words on bathroom walls. It's a teen, uh, a young adult drama, I guess you would say, about a, a teen pursuing his dream of becoming a chef when he's diagnosed with mental illness and lives in fear of being exposed. Hmm. So, uh, well, he'd fi- fit right into the to the chef world. <laughs> True. If you turn on the TV, all the all the chefs are raving maniacs. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. 